0: Hey, welcome back. This is Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. One of the other partners sitting across from me right now is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We thought that today for our Elder Law Issues podcast, we would talk about one of our very favorite topics. Uh, My tongue is pretty firmly planted in my cheek. (laughs) Fee agreements. Um, You know, Elizabeth, when we first get involved with a client, one of the things that I enjoy the least is the formality of fee agreements and getting them out and getting them signed. But it's a necessary thing. We do them in pretty much every case. Uh, and, uh, And we do them because we are required to and because it's the right thing to do. It's a better practice to do. So what what is a fee agreement about it's just our our greedy lawyer attempt to lay our hands on more cash right
1: no robert let let's get something out here right at the top of the podcast we're not talking about fees when we talk about the importance of a fee agreement i'm delighted that we are running a practice robert where we are not up at night concerned about what fee we put in the fee agreement A fee agreement is more about the documentation of the attorney-client relationship. And so that is a threshold issue, the attorney-client relationship, and who the client is. That has to be documented in our file at the inception of a case. And I wish that, you know, these, you know, fee agreements could be a spoken agreement, a handshake, nothing in writing, because it's a real headache to develop these things. It's a real headache to track these things down. Believe me, neither you nor I or other people in our practice like getting through these, creating them, sending them, following up on them. But it's really for your benefit and ours to have a fee agreement, a written agreement about who the client is and about the scope of work. And it's important, Robert, because we need to have real clarity about our role in what we're doing for you. And I think that that's one of the things I try and get across to people. It is less about the fee in the fee agreement. Heck, I mean, that's the last thing I'm worried about. What I am concerned about is making sure there is something documented so that if I'm run over by a truck, you know who the client is, Robert, and what we're doing for that person. That's part of the importance of this, is to establish that for our whole firm, so that if the attorney who is starting out on the case is for some reason out of the office or unable to assist, there's actually that agreement in place so that work can carry on.
0: We, we call them fee agreements, but I guess we really should call them by their formal real name. They're engagement agreements. They, they uh, document an engagement. You have hired us to do these things. We're going to describe in the agreement what it is we're going to do. And yes, we're going to describe how much we're going to charge or how we're going to charge. Sometimes the fee agreement, the engagement agreement, might say we will charge a flat amount of X dollars. Sometimes it might say we will charge hourly. We will add costs or we will absorb the costs. Whatever the arrangement is, it will be spelled out. But the, I guess the primary reason we call them fee agreements informally is because that's the key thing that Arizona's ethics rules require. We are required to tell people in writing how how we're going to set our fee, not necessarily what the final fee will be, but how we're going to calculate the fee. And we're required to do that before we can do any work for them. So the agreement, the engagement agreement slash fee agreement, has to go out, get signed and come back before we actually start doing the work.
1: And Robert, we love DocuSign because it makes fee agreements easier for everybody. We can send them out electronically. We don't have to have an original signature. But the scope of work is something I also want to mention about these agreements. It's very important to talk about what we are doing for you. And, and we can talk about it in broad terms or very specific terms. But the reason for this is that you may have concerns and we may have concerns about the scope of work and the place where that is defined is in this initial agreement. Sometimes people may read through these and see that we've included language that says anything outside of this scope of work will require a new agreement That's not a bad thing. It's just making sure that we're not doing more than you want. Because part of our role as your attorney is to listen to your needs, listen to your preferences. And if what you want us to have is a narrow scope of work, we're bound by the terms of that agreement, Robert. And it means that having all of a sudden what is sometimes referred to as mission creep is not something that you want and certainly not something we want.
0: You know I, I have a client who i dearly love i really enjoyed working with her she came to see me about her father's death tragic death a, a couple of years ago and what effect that had on uh, on some trust that existed and and basically her her and her family's inheritance and we had an engagement agreement and we did everything and we resolved that we gave her the advice she needed and, uh, and i thought it was a pretty good relationship she called back recently and said uh, you know my mom's failing and i need to uh, i need to talk about uh, the same things that you did in connection with my dad's estate but now it's about my mom and that's that mission creep issue so we have to we have to stop and say okay happy to talk about the different but related stuff but we're going to need a new engagement agreement if we're going to go forward and continue to represent you we don't want to just sort of blend from one thing to the next thing to the next to the to the one after that uh, without having stopped and marked exactly what it is we're going to do.
1: And, Robert, it's important that we look at that agreement, too, as a place to establish the attorney-client relationship and all that that entails, the confidentiality, and the representation sometimes we represent one person sometimes we represent more than one person particularly when we're doing estate planning for a couple there may be a joint representation provision in the agreement so if we're giving you a call or sending you an email and following up on a fee agreement please understand that having that signed and in our possession is a threshold practice. It's something that we have to do before the next thing happens. So your file will not be completely open and ready to rock and roll with until we have the fee agreement back. And sometimes, Robert, I get great questions from clients about fee agreements before they sign. Those are wonderful. We welcome those. And it's important that people understand what the agreement means. And in some cases, we need to fine-tune or taper things, and we're happy to do that. So Robert, I, I hope people listening understand that a fee agreement, or engagement agreement, whatever you want to call it, this is a good thing for the client and for the firm and really establishes what's going to happen in a case and in how things will work. I hope that people understand, too, as we talk about fee agreements, that this is something that we don't love talking about about, you know. I think that I had somebody recently make a joke about attorneys and money and it made me really uncomfortable. And I realized, you know, when we sit down there
0: are jokes about attorneys and money?
1: There are. No. (laughs) And it made me really uncomfortable. And I realized that in that particular moment the client was uncomfortable figuring out how fees would work and how we would be talking about those things. And so you know sometimes you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and part of that is reviewing the terms of these agreements and so just want everybody to know that we feel sensitive about this it's important it's really important when we look at the our duties under Arizona law and you know we've got insurance and we've got carriers who wanna make sure we've got engagement agreements not just for our benefit but also for the clients and so it's all around something that's uh, part of our job and we hope people understand
0: well, I think we need to wrap this up because I need to get back to my desk and uh, and get some engagement agreements finalized and set out for signature, Elizabeth. So you've been listening to me, Robert Fleming, one of the partners at Fleming and Curdy PLC at Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm, and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, one of the other partners at Fleming and Curdy. We are talking about elder law issues as we do once a week on this regular podcast, and we hope to um, to to count you among our listeners again next week. Thanks all.